Welcome to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Great to see you once again, Scott. Good to see you. You had a dream, Greg. Yes, I just mentioned before I had a bit of a scary dream last night. Wow, and this is sort of gardening related because I was going to talk about pests in the garden as well, but this, tell us what happened. Well, like yesterday I was bitten by a little spider. Yes. And it wasn't too bad. It's not poisonous, obviously, or I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I'm yet to get superpowers as well, which oh, is dear, dear. mildly disappointing. But yeah, last night I had a dream and I thought it popped open and all tiny spiders come running out of it. Oh, chilling, chilling. So chilling. I sat there slapping my arm all night. <laughs> a lot of pain. I was going to talk about Indian miners today because they are a pest and I saw something really nasty on my walk around Carrington yesterday, so I thought we'd talk about them. Right, good. No and one likes Indian miners. No, not at all. Agapanthus are out in flower as well at the moment and the Bougainvillea are a really tough plant to have as a climber and some fun facts as well, I discovered. Excellent. We all love fun facts. We do. If we've got any questions for Scott Sharp as well, you can give us a call. And we're kicking it off with Jason from Adamstown Heights and he's got shield bugs on his citrus. Hello, Jason. How can we help you? Yes. Uh, how are we going? Yeah, I've got pretty... a real problem with shield bugs on my mandarin tree. Yes. Um, I've attacked them with pyrithium and confidor, and they just keep coming back. Yeah, look, uh, un- unfortunately, they, they will keep coming back. Uh, pyrethrum does have some effect on them. Uh, yeah, whether you can get confidor around anymore, it's also pretty harmful to the bees, the confidor, so try and steer clear of that. I uh, have heard that, that you can get some success by, and this probably isn't going to help you out too much now, Jason, because we've, you know, the horse has bolted on it. Uh, but people that use eco oil, uh, you know, prior to the outbreak of the, the bronze orange bug, uh, seems to keep them under control and reduce the numbers a lot. Um, so that's called eco oil, and probably something you'd start using back in, uh, you know, September. Uh, you know, August, September, just to, you know, start to get those little things under control. Uh, but unfortunately, by the time they get to the size, you have noticed them when they're black or orange. Uh, it is difficult to keep them under control. Pyrethrum is about the only thing. Uh, Malathon can work. Um, but uh, look, again, you know, sort of spraying those chemicals willy-nilly around, especially if you've got blossom on the plant and there's bees as well, uh, you sort of, you know, double down on your damage, unfortunately. Uh, mate, look, the other thing is to go out and buy the old vacuum cleaner uh, and try and suck them off, you know, get one of those handheld ones. Uh, you only want an old one, of course, because they'll, they'll make a, you know, horrible smelly mess of any good, you know, Dyson or whatever, you know, great brand you might have. So yep. just get a second-hand one and give that a crack. Yeah, right, OK, fair enough. You've got no, um, no be-all, end-all answer, unfortunately. Look, unfortunately, there's not. And always happy to hear from uh, listeners who might have had some success using, uh, you know, some particular trap or, uh, you know, something that's not going to uh, harm the bees uh, because I know that, you know, the, unfortunately the chemicals that do uh, keep the uh, bronze-orange bug under control is, uh, you know, it's just generally quite harmful anyway. So uh, try and stick with the pyrethrum. Uh, but if anyone's got some other uh, success stories, always happy to hear about them. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help. Thanks, Jason. Have a good afternoon. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, we've got Louise from Rutherford, and she needs suggestions for raising a garden bed. Hello, Louise. How can we help you? Good. Uh, hi there. Um, I've just recently purchased a, a townhouse, and out the back I've got a raised garden bed going along the backyard, which I've had cleared. Yes. And I've just asked for some ideas of what would be easy care to put in there. Ah, oh, okay. So you're just looking for some planting to put in there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing with raised garden beds is you do need easy care because uh, because they're a little bit higher than the normal soil level. The gravity takes over, and you know, water always want to wants to flow down and out of cracks or anything. So they do have a habit of drying out. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more easily than just planting directly in the ground. So I'd, I'd also suggest uh, getting some wetting agent uh, like Saturade or wetter soil and using that in the uh, in the soil and also getting some water crystals as well and sprinkling right. those around just as a, you know, as a start off for you. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, some plants. How tall do you want those plants to get to, Louise? Uh, I'm, ha- I'm easy. I don't really care to be quite honest. <laughs> no, that, that's all right. Look, some really... Some really great plants. Uh, there's one called Indian Hawthorn, uh, which is a really nice, uh, tough plant that's going to survive out in the full sun for you. Uh, mm-hmm. It will uh, withstand drying out as well. Uh, you get purple or white flowers on those particular ones. Uh, there's one called Oriental Pearl, which is a, a smaller uh, type growing plant, only gets to about a metre high. So that's uh, an Indian Hawthorn, a really great, tough little plant. Other right. plants that are, uh, are good, uh, for instance, lavender in those sort of conditions uh, full mm-hmm. sun easy to look after uh, you know if they're drying out they're not going to be too upset about that yeah, no. uh, gardenias as well if it's getting some shade uh, then I would use uh, gardenia florida it gets to about one and a half meters tall and is very printable you'll get some flowers off that some uh, some fragrance from those beautiful white flowers they get on them and again very easy to look after uh, if you're getting a little bit of shade in that garden Okay, I don't think I do get a lot of shade. I do have two small dogs. None of these plants would be... No, no, um, they'll all be fine. Will they be able to jump up into that raised garden bed or...? Yes, they uh, can. Uh, that's all right. That'll be fine with them. Look, mm-hmm. other uh, you know quicker growing ones. You can get all sorts of perennial dianthus now, uh, and they're really you know they only get oh, you know twenty thirty centimeters high. You get a you know a profusion of flowers off them, different colours as well. And again, uh, we'll tolerate those conditions. So they're called uh, dianthus, perennial dianthus, uh, and a really nice uh, plant to have in the garden. You could even have those as a little border if you wanted to, and have some taller growing ones. Uh, you know up. Oh, okay. Behind, yeah. behind there, yeah. Uh, if right. you wanted to as well, you could have some sort of, uh, you know, native uh, ground cover, you know, spilling out over the edge as well if you want to soften, yeah. yeah, soften the edges. So, yeah, a lot of different, uh, you know, ideas there for you. All right, then. Thank you so much for your help. Okay, good on you, Louise. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, Bye. Bye-bye. And I think we've got Jenny, no, Judy from Wall's End, and she needs help identifying some weeds that are in a lawn. Good afternoon, Judy. How can we help you? I've got this weed in my lawn that looks like wheat but it's green and I don't know what it is I've I weed weeded and feeded it a few weeks ago and it didn't kill it right okay so weed and feed is a a great product but it it, I I guess like you know most things that do two things then it sort of only does them half half as good uh it might be best to go out and actually grab a selective herbicide uh like clean lawn uh and give your lawn a spray with that uh just to try and keep that under control important that you don't let it go to seed uh, it, it sounds like you might have a, a rye or, or some sort of other um, weed in there um so yeah look i would uh, definitely get some clean lawn and give it a spray with that 
So does it? Um, I, I know it's a little bit more. What sort of grass you have? Yeah. So when you, you always clean lawns fine on buffalo, and buffalo is the, yep. is the tender, um, the tender lawn that you have to be careful about. But as yep. always, when you get one of those chemicals, uh, either ask someone at the at your local garden centre, or uh, turn that uh, packet over yourself and have a look and see if you can use it on buffalo lawns because it always comes up there. There's a big warning. Uh, yeah, you know, if you have can. yeah, if you have a particular yeah. product, do not use on buffalo lawns. So, yeah, uh, you're always important to turn that over before you use it and uh, and uh, check on that. I know that uh, you know, getting a product like Clean Lawn and mixing it up in the sprayer is a little bit more you know laborious, I guess, than just you know connecting up the hose or whatever with uh, you know weed and feed. But mm-hmm. you do get a better result uh, by using one of those specific products. Yeah, Thank and look, and, and Jenny, if you want to um, uh, send us a photo of of that uh, particular weed to our email address, uh, I'm sure that uh, one of our, our minion who check our emails for us all the time, uh, and Greg's going to give us our email address, which is gardening at two and Gardening at two and dot com. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So always happy to have a look at that for you, uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll get those beautiful pictures, and we'll be able to help you out some more. Excellent. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you, Judy. Okay. Bye. Now we've got Jenny from Coal Point, and she's got some agapanthers, and wants to know if they'll survive around the lake. Around the lake, Jenny, what what's going on out there? Um, I'm actually I've got two questions. Yes. Um, I want to transplant some agapanthus. I know it's not the best time, but I don't have a choice. Yes. And um, will they survive around the lake? With Not that we have a lot of sea spray or whatever, but... Yeah, that, that's a. Uh, where are you? You're at Coal Point. Uh, are you right down that, you know, that southern end where you get the southerly coming up? Yeah. Okay. Look, I'd definitely give them a go in that case. Agapanthus, uh, they're a really tough plant. Uh, we're probably going to talk about them a little bit later on uh, today as well. But they are a really tough plant uh, for you know drying out and being in the sun. But the only thing they get a little bit tender with is salt spray on them. So, for instance, if you lived up around the beach. Uh, you couldn't really, you know, have them go, you know, too well up there. Uh, it just seems to be that the ends of their leaves, uh, you know, they just get the salt settle on them and, and it just burns them off a little bit. I reckon out around Coal Point, you will be fine. Uh, you know, the further you go up uh, the point, you know, obviously there's a lot more, uh, you know, tree cover and things. So, um, yeah, look, you'll be fine. They're a very, very easy plant to dig out and move. Unfortunately, you're probably going to break some flower heads off at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly a, a really easy plant to transplant. Uh, if you had a waterfront property and you were right down on the water, I'd probably say, you know, give them a try. But you might have, uh, you know, a little bit of damage to them. Uh, but if you're back off the waterfront a little bit more up on one of the higher streets, I think you'll be fine. Okay. And how long um, can you leave them out of the ground, like before you transplant them? Well, look, as soon as possible. Obviously, you want to get them okay. back in. But uh, you know, a couple of days. You know, I would say. Uh, would be the maximum. Keep them in a shady spot, uh, water them as well, even when they're out of the ground. And, uh, you know, you sh- they should survive quite well for you. Okay. Now, my other question is, what's a really good hedge? So it, it's going, there's a, we've got a deck, but it's low enough not to have a screen on it, but we want a hedge that, so if anyone does fall, they'll fall into something soft, <laughs> yeah. like a rail or something. Oh, a hedge of mattresses is what you need. <laughs> you <don't... laughs> 
oh, one of those jumping castles. Just have that going all the time. That'd be fantastic. How great would that be? Oh, I know. Just fall off and go, Poof, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Shoes off first, I though. Wasn't, yeah. I wasn't looking at falling off, but just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case we have some Christmas cheer and uh, everyone gets a little bit overexcited. <laughs> uh, look, for that, I would put in something fairly quick growing. Uh, there's lily pillies. Uh, look, some of them can get a little bit tall, though, uh, you know, three to four metres, but there are dwarf lily pillies out there. There's Acmena smithi minor, um, which is a little bit slower growing and won't get quite as tall. So I would say that would be a great plant to have out there. will withstand some uh, salt spray as well. So, yeah, versions of lily pillies, Acmena smithi minor. Um, they're probably going to be the best bets for you. So it wouldn't want to be any higher than 1.5. So lily pillies... We just have to keep treating them? Yes, you would have to keep uh, trimming them. The great thing about that, though, is you're going to be able to stand up on the deck and uh, just keep on taking the top off them of whatever height you want. Okay, yeah. And they're fairly soft? Yeah, they, they are soft and, uh, you know, if you fall into... I've never <laughs> fallen into a lily pilly, but uh, I, I would suspect, you know, they're not sharp or anything. There's no spines or anything. So they would cushion your fall. Not as good as a jumping castle, though. Break your fall at the very least. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, look, Marais is fine. Uh, the only thing about that, they do, I guess, you know, they can get quite twiggy in a way. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think lily pill is probably a softer plant to try and keep under control. Okay, not a problem. Okay, okay that's all right. Thank you for that, Jenny. Thanks, bye. Just bye. It's Gardening Talk back on to when you are FM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, either about plants or jumping castles. Well, I was thinking one of those ball pits as well. Ball pits? Yeah. Just oh, have, yeah. Yes, anyway. Yeah. Like you never get me out of there. I digress. <laughs> Die from Ty's Hill. And she's got a question about citrus shield bugs as well. Great, or hopefully some advice. Di, how can we help you? Well, hello. It is, it is advice, actually. Great. Um, my experience has been I, I had some citrus, citrus trees, particularly in uh, Minto, New South Wales, which is near Campbelltown. Uh, those citrus bugs hate really hot weather. And when it's really, really hot, they will all congregate down around the trunk of the tree, towards the bottom of the tree. And I found it very easy to put some gloves on and protect my eyes and a bucket of water and just pick them all up and get rid of them that way. Yeah, that, that's a great that's a great uh, bit of advice because you you do notice uh, when it is hot that they will go underneath the leaves or like you said they'll congregate as as low down mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, I guess if you had the Hoover trick, you could go in there uh, and do that at that point in time. Yeah, I, I found there there were handfuls of them down there. Oh, look, that um, I, I can't imagine yeah. the smell though, die. That must have been out. Well, it's pretty awful, but, you, you know, it's better than, than poisons, isn't it? Well, as you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, look, that that is, and they do do an immense amount of damage. They love that oh, new yeah. growth on the citrus, and they just get up there, and you can see them with their little snouty, proboscis, you know, sort of things inside into the, the stem of the plant, and, oh, they just suck away at the sap, and you see everything just starting to curl over. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, they do turn up when it's hot, you know, our spring and summer, so the plant suffers doubly then. But that's a fantastic idea, and, yeah, um, yeah um, make sure you have some good... Problem, yeah, one of the problems is, too, the birds hate them. None of the birds will touch them. Well, I, um, I can't you imagine... You can see them spitting them out. But, but you have to be careful you don't get spat on in the eyes or because they're, they're pretty pretty awful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't... I mean, 
eating them raw or imagine, you know, I can imagine eating them cooked. They've just got a terrible smell to them. And like you said, that that sort of spray they they send out, yeah, it's sort of a bit caustic, isn't it? You don't want to get it in your eyes. So maybe wear some glasses or something. I I always found it was quite easy to get them out off with gloves. And I'd say I would always protect my arms and and, and particularly face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We really appreciate the call. Thanks for that advice. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's always good when we get advice, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We do love it uh, because people have got experience out there that um, you know others you know might not necessarily have. And um, yeah, great to hear about some different ideas mm. of how to fix up problems. It's also like having a guest panelist. It is like that as well, isn't it? It is our, our special guest person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for something else. So we've got Louise now from Clarencetown, and she needs advice about transplanting a large pot plant. Hello, Louise. How can we help you? <laughs> I've got this plant. I forget what it's called. There's a smaller version of it, and I've got the giant version of it. Mm. It looks like a, a crab leg, a crab foot. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so have you got a strelitzia of some type, have you? <laughs> um, it could, could yeah. be. Or there's heliconias as well, people sometimes call those. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice pretty flower on it um, at the end of the crab. Like it's a crab do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's all right. So what's happening? You want to get it into a larger pot, do you? Well, I've got a giant version of it, and I actually got it from the tip. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, yeah, but people do dump plants, and it's a good place yeah. to pick them up and if you can. I've hit it with blood and bone, and yes. the flower is just great. It's just blossomed heaps. Um, but I don't know. Will it... It looks like it's got a root system on the on the end of the plant. Yeah. Does it climb? Yeah, okay. So now, does it look like they're big banana leaves on this particular plant? No, it looks like a crab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not very... I haven't no. got that much information. I can't remember what it's called. No, no, that, that's all right. Uh, um, look, but... So what, what, what are you concerned about with it in that case? Um... It's got, like I said, it's got little root systems on it. If I put that in a tree, will that climb? Will that get bigger and will it take over the tree? Well, look, uh, without being sure exactly which plant it is, uh, yeah, most plants like that, they'll just use their root system to cling on to the tree. But it might be best just for you until we're certain of what it actually is, just to sort of isolate it, create its own little bubble. Uh, and just put it into a into a pot. Um, even take a couple of photos of it and take it down to your local garden centre and see if they can give you some advice about that. Or if you want to, you can of course email us um, with that uh, those pictures, and we'll be able to help you out with it next week. Um, uh, but yeah, look, without knowing yeah. exactly what it is, I don't want to sort of tell you, yeah, go do this with it or do that with it, and all of a sudden it's taken over and uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, it's, like it's in a pot at the moment. I'm, I'm too scared to put it. <laughs> anywhere else because it it looks like it would grow really big yeah okay okay so look if it is a traveler's palm which i'm thinking it might be by your description they do get very very large so um yeah but if you want to send us some pictures or uh, take those pictures down to your garden center yep certainly um, you should get some better advice about that okay thanks Scott. okay good on you louise thanks for the call cheers bye. bye bye It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM, 49216216. We've got Pam from Cessnock, and her pot plants are being attacked by bright green grubs. Sounds like a B-movie, doesn't it? Attack of the bright green grubs. What's happening out there, Pam? Hi, Scott. 
Yes, I've got three potted um, plants. I believe they've come under the heading of pyrethrin plants. Oh, yes, yes. Um, that um, Todd was talking about. And um, one of them, I found these bright green grubs. I thought, oh, there's a flower coming or something. And then it started to move. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, no. Oh. And they are bright green. They let it. They just look the colour of the plant. Oh, they, uh, it sounds like you're about to tell me that they're angry as well. Then <laughs> you just had that in your voice. <laughs> oh, they, well, I got, I got angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, how big are they getting at the? Are they the, the cute little ones that sort of do the funny, you know, curve up of their back, or are they the, the fatter looking ones that are getting a? a a thorn or a spine down around there? No, no, they're just the little, little ones that just curl up when you touch them. And yeah, okay, yeah. So look, there is a product out there called Dipel. It's uh, available just, and it works exclusively. It's a bio uh, sort of chemical, uh, and it works exclusive, exclusively on caterpillars. So uh, yeah, that's probably the product you want to get. I was going to also suggest some pyrethrum spray, but if they're on pyrethrum plants, then they're probably just going <laughs> to rub that under their arms and say, thanks very much. and Thanks for the shower. Thanks for the shower. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I'd go and grab some Dipel. The other thing to do, of course, is to, uh, if you can identify them, get your scissors out and just give them a little cut in half. I know it's not I know it's not palatable, but uh, oh. it's the quickest, easiest way of getting rid of them. A little flick. Yeah, just a little flick. Give them to the birds as well. I remember, and I asked about those big fat ones because I remember, you know, back in the day, you'd have impatience plants, um, you know, busy lizzie plants, and you'd get yep. those huge fat green or huge fat black uh, caterpillars on there, and you wouldn't realise, and all of a sudden they'd just completely, de- you know, decimated the plant. They'd eaten it up and got fatter and fatter, and uh, yeah, you just get the scissors and cut them in half and. Fix them well, up. I've, yep. I've pulled two off this plant yes. and none have come back and the plant is just growing like wildfire now. Okay, well, that that's yeah. great. Yeah, so look, and it might just be that a moth's come and, uh, you know, landed there, laid its eggs and, you know, only a couple have hatched out. Um, and, yeah, uh-huh. just keep an eye on it over the next week or so that uh, you don't see any more getting bigger and or any, yeah. uh, you know, little grub stuff, you know, being moving around, yep. moving around or being ejected out the back because they're eating your plants. And uh, But otherwise, Dipel is a, a product, a, a bio uh, sort of insecticide that will get rid of uh, caterpillars for you. Okay, thank you. Can I ask you one more question? Absolutely, that is why um, we're here. <laughs> it's about um, lawn. Yes, how common are wolf spiders in this hunter area? Oh, I, I hope my daughter's not listening at the moment, uh, but I've had a couple of very big spiders in my house lately, um, like like almost saucer. Really? Yeah, yeah. One was in the toilet the other night. It gave me a little bit of a, a little bit of a fright myself. And one decided <laughs> it was outside. Decided to come in the front door. So spiders aren't a bad thing, though. And I, I never, you know, spray them or anything like that. I always just try and chase them back out out the house or put a you know glass over them and catch them that way. Uh, look, I, th- I think spiders are a fantastic thing to have uh, around the house. They're getting rid of other you know mosquitoes and other bad insects. Uh, that are out there. So I, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about having spiders around. They're not going to do any damage to your lawn uh, or any other plant. Yeah, it's, it's just that we notice this quite 
prominent hole in the yard. Oh, okay. So you're talking um, big, that sort of type spider. Yeah. With fur on it. We th- Yeah, we thought, now this looks like a made hole. Ah, okay. And when I looked into it, all of a sudden these legs started to come out. Right. Oh, not, not, <laughs> not so good then. You, you might want to do some poisoning or get a, a poisons person out there to do a just a general spray around but uh yeah once you once you start seeing that coming out of the hole that's uh, that's not good <laughs> I, I actually poured boiling hot water down the hole oh well i think i think uh, i think the old arachnid's probably gone then in that case if you've done that yeah that that will have fixed it up i i personally was bitten by well they say a spider about over a month ago yes on my foot three times i think i sent a photo into to NURFM of my foot. The spider had a really good go at me. Oh, not good, not good. But no. but generally out in the yeah. garden, they're they're fine. I leave the webs alone. I've look. I've, yep. Greg's had a little bit of an experience one <laughs> last night, but uh, yeah, I think all all's well. Just uh, but with a spider that size, uh, you look to obviously take some precautions and uh, deal with it as you see fit. Yeah. Okay. Then I just just. Didn't know if they were common to this area or not. Yeah. Uh, look, spiders are all around. Um, yeah, just be careful. If they're yeah. getting too big, get them out of the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Pam. Thank Have, a lovely, Have a lovely Thank afternoon. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My neighbours have heaps of redbacks under their house. No, well, they're not good either. They're not good. No, but they all say apparently they get rid of the funnel webs. Yeah, but is that the argument that, you know, dolphins keep great white sharks away as well? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's, a, that's actually but not he's, true. He's, he's got too many of them. But yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's not good. Right. So, yep. Get rid of them? Yep. Spray for those. Right. Yep. But the other ones, I don't worry about them too much. Like your daddy long legs and your huntsman, I don't really worry about them. Yeah, they're only doing good for the garden. They're getting rid of any other bad insects that are around. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. We've got time for a couple more callers, and we've got Norm from Elibana. And he wants to know if you can use blood and bone for native plants. Good, up. Good afternoon, Norm. How can we help you? Hey, how are you going? Yeah, pretty well. Um, well I've got a, a pretty well-established uh, lily-billy hedge, quite healthy, and I've normally been feeding it with uh, power feed, uh, liquid fertiliser. Uh, recently you said something about using blood and bone. Uh, so I bought a pack of, pack of the blood and bone, but it's got a, um, a, uh, a thing on the packet saying... Avoid using on Australian natives. Now, I know uh, phosphorus is the main concern. Um, the power, the power feed I use is about 0.8 percent, whereas the um, blood and bones about 1.5 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, would I use and maybe do it half strength or something? Or are you quite happy with one and a half percent? Yeah, look, I'm happy with that. Uh, I've always uh, said blood and bones are good, safe uh, fertilizer for for using on natives. Uh, the, the thing, I guess, when you're actually applying blood and bone is you're not putting you know great dollops or handfuls around each plant. And the reason for not doing that is because you've noticed if you um, you do that, it gets wet and it just forms this weird crust, and then it just doesn't break down for ages. Uh, just you just get this lump of it sitting on top of the soil. So uh, whenever you're using blood and bone, I always say just use a like a fine dusting or you know like your icing sugar or you know misting over the around the soil so right. that it actually you know doesn't form that crusty clump and and you don't get any you know any use out of it uh, anyway so yeah i'll just use it as a, a fine dusting and I, you won't have any problem it's always been safe on natives 
Okay. Right. Uh, thanks, mate. That's all right. Not a problem. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the main thing with natives, as you said, as you said, norm phosphorus. Uh, so avoid using cow manure and other, you know, harsher sort of uh, fertilisers. All right. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. We've got Julia now from Singleton, and she's got rust in her geraniums. That doesn't sound good, Julia. How can we help you? Well, I've been pulling all the all the leaves off, and and it's, you know they're they're all going rusty brown, and I just didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, so even though you're pulling the leaves off, I, I guess you you're getting to the problem when it's at its end result. Those fungal spores, those rust spores, are down in the soil. Uh, so when it rains, you know the the water hits there. Those spores just bounce back up. The wind blows them around. Uh, unfortunately, geraniums are always going to be susceptible to those sort of fungal uh, problems. But up in Singleton, it shouldn't be too bad for you, uh, you know, because we haven't you haven't got as much humidity up there as perhaps oh, down on the coast. Today, it's humid today. Oh yeah, well, I guess it is a bit. You we get some rain and then it does heat up like this. But generally, once you get into the heat of summer, probably not as bad as down here. But you need to uh, go and get some sort of uh, fungicide. I would suggest either copper oxychloride or manganese. Kazeb Plus uh, is one of those will do the trick for you, and as well as spraying all over the geranium and under the leaves, I would also mix them up in the watering can and just drench the soil uh, and in underneath the plants just to try and kill any fungal spores that are in there. Copper oxychloride. Yes, or there's another one called Mancazeb uh, or Mancazeb Plus. Yeah. Uh, and they will do the job for you. They will keep rust under control. But it, it's something you, you know, when you're doing it, you just have to be uh, vigilant uh, and use it, you know, every couple of weeks. Uh, the other thing people do recommend is the old milk, uh, you know, the milk and water um, oh, to try, yeah. try and keep that under control. But unfortunately, rust is a pretty, you know, virulent uh, sort of fungus. So you just have to be very careful uh, and just be, like I said, vigilant about it and keep using one of those fungicides. On the, on the bottle. Absolutely, absolutely. Always. It's, it'll come in a powder. Uh, so always look at those uh, mixture rates. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't give those out because uh, oh, um, they, they, they change as well, you know, to manufacturer to manufacturer. So yeah. always turn it over and uh, read it and apply it according to the instructions. And dig it in. It won't affect the other plants around it, would it? No, it certainly won't. Uh, a fungicide won't affect, you know, the other plants around it. it. Sorry, it is a powder, but you mix it up in water and you spray it on or drench it into the ground. Okay, well, thanks very much. That's Thank all right. You. Thank you, Julia. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we've got time for one more call to finish off today. It's Cathy from East Maitland, and she's got some soil problems. Hello, Cathy. How can we help you? Oh, hello, Scott. How are you? Yeah, very well. Um, I was wondering if you might be able to settle this argument for for me. I've moved into a new house where I'm going to have to do a lot of gardening in containers, um, one of which is an old bathtub. I've got a couple of um, treated pine boxes, a metre by a metre and about 500 deep. And some people say I should be filling them with organic garden soil and other people say I should be filling them with um, specialty potting mix with a bit of coir and um, things in for moisture retention. So what's, what's your view of what I should put in the boxes? Yeah, look, I guess that comes down to budget in a way because potting mix is better for a, a you know a, a container 
that's enclosed and the drainage isn't as, as great as being just planted in the soil. Uh, but if, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, you talking, start talking large volumes and the cost of potting mix can be quite, you know, quite expensive, uh, you know, when you're using 20, 30 bags or so. Uh, yeah. Say so yes. Look, I, I would probably just go and get a garden soil. Don't get one that is, um, you know, very sandy. Try and get one that's a little bit more open and barky, uh, and have some pebbles down the bottom of those containers as well, just to try and aid drainage. Some people say, it's, you know, it says it works. Some people don't. You know, it says it doesn't work. Uh, I always think just, you know, err on the side of caution and put. Uh, some pebbles down there to try and, uh, you know, help your drainage out. But definitely not a sandy mix. You want something that's a little bit more open. It it can be that if you go to some bulk uh, landscaping places, they do in fact have a bulk potting mix that you can buy that has right. been specially yes. formulated uh, for drainage. So, yeah, give that a try and uh, good luck with it. I hope you uh, – I think I've sort of sat on the fence then, Cathy, and I don't know if your bet's going to be answered. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm inclining towards the potting mix. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the other stuff looks too heavy to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, well, that's great. I'll go ahead with the potting mix. On your say so. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. Bye-bye, Kathy. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.